Good morning, dear friends. So yesterday we spoke about the anchor of, of concentration or mental, mental steadiness um, that develops the foundational steadiness of mind that enables us to begin to explore our inner life. And some of the people in my groups yesterday were asking about how to use inquiry and investigation in our meditative practice. So I wanted to say a few things about it before we move into the guided meditation this morning. As Tara said yesterday, meditation isn't just about staying with the breath. That would be just like, that would develop some concentration, but it would be like covering a wound with a Band-Aid. But developing an anchor of med mental steadiness is important. And once we have this anchor, we can more clearly and consciously begin to explore the things that we notice are tugging at us for our attention. But the key word again is consciously. In other words, we make a conscious choice to leave the sensations of the body or the breath or sound to explore what is calling for our attention. So it's still experiential and present moment focused. And we may just note what it is and notice what happens as we pay attention to it. Or we may choose to explore it more deeply. And this is very different than all of a sudden noticing you've come out of a trance or a dreamlike state and, and you have no idea when you left the breath or the sensations of the body. So again, we consciously choose to leave the sensations of the body or breathing to know what our mind and heart have drifted to and to explore with a gentle curiosity and kindness what it is that's tugging at us. Likewise, it should be something that does not involve rumination and perseveration. And where the judging mind is relatively quiet, if there's a lot of obsessing going on or judging about yourself or an interaction you've had or you're going back to the past or leaping ahead to the future, that's the time to just let it go and return to the anchor of the breathing or the body, uh, to, to return to that anchor of, of mental steadiness rather than to continue to feed the obsessing or the judgment. So it's important to develop some steadiness and calmness uh, and an embodied practice before we take up this kind of investigation and inquiry. So if the mind is racing, if it's jumping from thought to thought, um, that is not the time for more questions. That's the time to just gently return our attention back to the anchor of the body sensations, the breath or sound. I'm always somewhat leery when yogis tell me that they have come on retreat to make a decision about a particular life event or choice facing them that they may be feeling somewhat challenged by. I'm not leery when they say, I'm, this is what I'm sitting with on, on retreat. But in meditative inquiry or investigation, we're not looking for an answer that will either solve a problem uh, or fix our discomfort with the unknown or the uncertain because there are no, quote, right, unquote, answers to 
good investigative questions. They can't be answered with the equivalent of a cost-benefits analysis or um, listing the pros and cons and noticing which column wins. Good meditative questions are often about some of the deeper, more pivotal questions of our existence. Questions about the nature of our emotions and thoughts, the nature of freedom, the nature of the sacred. Questions that can't be answered with more knowledge, but can only be answered as we deepen into silence and nurture a more intuitive, direct way of experiencing ourselves and the world. And the power of these questions is that they, is that they often do not have a definitive answer, but rather they are questions that enliven us and inspire us and spark our curiosity. If we get caught in the question because we're desperately searching for an answer, it's a good sign that we should just release the question. And there are two categories of these types of questions that we should avoid, that we should let go and not pursue. The first are the, those kinds of questions that reinforce conditioning. And these kinds of questions have to do with the past. And the subtext is always, if I can figure this out, it will go away. A few examples. Why is this happening to me? Questions that begin with why are usually somewhat problematic. Or how can I fix this? Or why is this person doing this to me? What is wrong with me? And then the second category of questions to avoid are those that you can intellectually spin around in as if you were in an academic debate with somebody. A couple examples. Is this the best practice? Um, at the last retreat I was on, I had a yogi uh, ask me, he wanted me to, t he wanted to give me an example of something he was thinking and he wanted me to decide if it was an example of the third or the fourth foundation of mindfulness. And you can spin around in these types of inquiries and questions for a long time. And this kind of question really represents a kind of intellectual bypass rather than a helpful meditative tool. And the second category of questions, the ones that are more like an academic debate, they're a little trickier to recognize than the first category because they can masquerade as very sane and reasonable questions. And the way you can recognize these kinds of questions is that they often lead to greater confusion and agitation and more thinking and more obsessing. But there are three categories of skillful investigative questions. And the first and probably most important category are questions that invite us to look at where we're making our home from moment to moment. I gave you some examples of these kinds of questions last night. What am I practicing in this moment? What is the quality of my heart right now? Where is kindness right now? What would be needed to be at peace in this moment? And the second category of skillful questions is what could be referred to as deep life questions. And these kinds of questions are the ones that keep bubbling up for us over and over again in some form. And, 
as a result of the bubbling up over days, months, weeks, years, um, they're asking for our respect and ongoing patience. And these are the kinds of questions that we're living our way into the answers to. And these kinds of questions often end up resolving themselves in a nonverbal manner. And over time, they might just drop away. And you may notice that you don't even have the question anymore. Examples of such questions might be, what would make me enough? Would it be possible to survive if I lost this? What do I most want? What do I want to create that would expand my contribution to life on the planet? And the last category of skillful questions are meditative questions that are asked in the service of wisdom. So they point beyond conditions to the big picture. And we also talked about some of these last night. The nature of emptiness. The joy of non-self. Understanding that two seemingly paradoxical and contradictory things can both be true and held at the same time. That's learning about holding non-duality. And while the deep life questions in the second category where, our where we are living our way into the answers can be about the past, present, or future, these last category of meditative questions always have to do with the here and now. And they always take us toward openness and spaciousness rather than agitation. And these questions lead us away from conditioned thinking toward wise reflection with an inherent sense of curiosity and openness and exploration. So if the question leads you to clinging, to aversiveness, to doubt, to agitation, or some other form of hindrance or suffering, let go of it and don't feed it. And these are the questions that don't really have answers but encourage a vitality of interest in the practice and support us in looking more deeply and more carefully at our experiences. For example, what does love without attachment look like? Or with whatever emotion is arising, you could ask about not just what is the nature of this, where do I feel it in my body, how does it present, but you could ask, who is it that is angry? Who is it that is upset? Who is it that is happy? And even if absurdities come up, you just stay with it for a while. You know, there's the age-old big question, who am I? Who is Sherry Maples? And I already gave you one of the most important investigative questions that I can think of. If you only practice one, this would be the best. And that is, what am I practicing in this moment? Because with awareness, we understand that we are, in fact, practicing and feeding something each moment. So it behooves us to become aware of what it is. And we ask this question very tenderly. We ask it of ourselves as if we were a beloved and best friend. What am I practicing in this moment? And we check in with ourselves throughout the day with this kind of interested, curious, and kind tone. 
we note what the feeling tone or texture is in the moment. Is there anxiety happening? Is there preoccupation? Is there ease? Is there irritation? Is there compassion? Is the mind racing? Is the mind already leaping into transition? And we can also investigate something else that's very important, and that is when selfing and non-selfing are most likely to occur. What promotes this kinesthetic feeling of opening and what promotes this feeling of closing or contracting? And with investigation, we discover that emptiness and non-self aren't states. They aren't just states, but they're pathways of being in our lives that are developed by sensing in our bodies, our minds and hearts, the countless times of opening and closing throughout a single hour or day. So faced with sights and sounds and events and people and thoughts, what we really begin to see is that closing is that mechanism of selfing and clinging when we're seeing and feeling substantiality and solidity. And it's born of seeing that independent self-existence in all things. And it's quite human. We're all doing it all the time. And opening is a response to emptiness. No me, no mine, no belonging to me. So with that in mind, let's settle into our meditation. So once again, just settling into a posture that feels upright and relaxed, dignified, Coming into the body, just beginning to embody the body, being aware of the body within the body, just experiencing the body right here, right now, as part of nature itself. And in a very natural way, not trying to grasp after the teaching you just heard, but letting it come in its own way and its own time. Just sitting here, aware of moments of pleasure, moments of pain, moments of neutrality.
perhaps being aware if there is any particular emotional state or mental state that is registering in your body right now. If there is any sense of contractedness, tightness in your body, any sense of agitation or restlessness, or if you can sense any signals or marks of dullness or heaviness, And within all the emotions and mental states and thoughts, just to establish an anchor in the body, an anchor in the breathing, the sensations of the breathing, wherever you experience them, or the sound in the room. just sensing inwardly all the different sensations arising and passing in your body. Noticing the full spectrum of sensations and noticing how they change and move. Mindful of the touch of your clothing. The touch of the air on your skin. The sounds that come into your ears. Just noticing what happens when the ear makes contact with a sound and there's the knowing of that contact. What happens when the mind makes contact with a thought and there's the knowing of that contact? Quiet, still, listening not concocting or creating, just with gentleness, with tenderness, with compassion, exploring this inner dimension of life. And within all of this, cultivating a calm, establishing mindfulness within the body and breathing, finding that place of steadiness, You might take a moment to pause, to ask yourself what the state of mind is in this moment. What's the mood? What's the shape of the mind? Just the simple knowing of that. You might sense the thought patterns, the image patterns that are present in this moment. Just being able to be mindful of these thoughts, mindful of those images. 
perhaps aware of what underlies them, whether there's a particular emotional tone or texture to them. Does the body feel like as a result of that mind state? See if you can feel that mind state registering in the body. The emotional tone and texture registering in the body. Establishing a, a clear anchor of mindfulness within the body or breathing, within this moment, and knowing where your attention goes when it's not here, just very simply and kindly and clearly. And if there is a sense of calm steadiness, a sense of openness, perhaps opening to a question. And if the mind is busy, just staying with the anchor of the sensations or the breathing of the body. This is the last time you'll hear my voice. The next thing you'll hear is an invitation of three bells to end the meditation. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.